Hey, man. Welcome back to the Super Divorce Supercast. Or welcome for the very first time, if you've never joined me before, for the Supercast. This is episode number 107. And if you're watching or listening on YouTube, this is the very first time uh, that we are featuring a recorded video setup like you see right here. It's not the very first video supercast. In fact, way back in the olden days, we did a few uh, Facebook Live simulcast shits, whatever you want to call them, as we recorded the audio version. Those have been lost to time. No one will ever see those again. But uh, moving forward, this is kind of uh, the setup that we'll be going with for the moment. If you're watching on YouTube, that is. You can see me, my face in black and white. There's a black and white video camera pointed at me right now, recording my picture. And I am framed in by a cascade of multicolored hearts that are uh, moving about. Colors are moving about um, in a uh, in a, a dancing march all around the square border that I am hemmed in by, and then beyond that square border of multicolored hearts, we've got a red background, and uh, in the top right corner of the screen, in yellow writing number 107 indicating supercast episode number 107 that's where we are right now that's what's up okay so that's the lay of the land it's been over one year since i have recorded an episode of the super divorce supercast the last one was posted on april 11th i believe and I was just talking about the games. I'd, I'd messed around with this format, you see, where I was like, hmm, maybe, and this is when I was doing a, a brand new video game playthrough just about every day, no commentary versions at that point. I thought, what if I got on the Supercast and I kind of gave a rundown slash plug for every game that I played throughout the week. And I thought that would be informative and uh, it might help out a game or two that perhaps was flying under the radar at the time. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I have a very limited audience here. So it's not like I was hoping to blow any of these games up and, and make them like the next Iron Lung so that Markiplier would go and make a movie about them. I, I didn't figure that was going to happen, but I thought, hey, if I can put another couple two three eyes on on this here game whatever game it was i was talking about then that would be a good thing just thinking humbly trying to humbly help out that's all i wanted to do but it, I, I, I tried it and it didn't um it just didn't it didn't feel right it felt too rigid so i kind of let it go let the idea of the supercast go and recently I heard, hey, YouTube is really pushing podcasts right now. 
It's like, okay, well, maybe I'll dip my toe back into it. They they put a new podcast tab up on uh, various YouTube pages. If you do a podcast, now they've got your, your live videos, your uploaded videos, and they've got a separate tab just for podcasts. So I said about uploading all of the missing supercast episodes that had not been put on the YouTube channel. All of those are on YouTube now. If you're not watching or listening on YouTube, maybe you don't give two shits about any of this. But if you are watching on YouTube, or if you didn't realize you could, please be informed that you can. If you're watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify or you're you're listening over on SoundCloud or some other strange podcasting platform, just be informed. You can go over to the Super Divorce YouTube channel and you can listen to any of the now 107 episodes of the Super Divorce Supercast. And if you uh, follow along on YouTube from here on out, then you will get the video content as well. If you want to see my face yammering and yakkering it up, you can do that. You can see me do things like that. What I just do, if you're listening and not watching the video, I just took a drag off of a a fake cigarette. So how about that? You know what I'm going to do, folks? Before, um, let me just move something over here. So I'm gonna do, there we go. That's better. Yeah. I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a long time. And I'm going to I'm going to bring back a little segment that we used to do on this program back when Bender used to be here uh, for every episode helping me out on the supercast. Well, not helping me out being one half of the program. Now that Super Divorce is uh, a one man show for the most part. I'm going to bring this back yet still by my lonesome. This is a segment we used to do called Beer Me. And I'm going to beer myself. And tonight, I'm going to be uh, sampling Modelo. It's not the sexiest beer in the world. I understand that. It's a beer that many of you have probably had. If you're of age. If you're of drinking age. If uh, you're not, this might be enlightening for you. This might be... Uh, you know, something that uh, that really opens your eyes. Here we go. I'm going to open that up with a nice Alaska-themed uh, bottle opener. I got this when I visited Alaska last year, which was a fantastic trip. had a great time um, in Alaska, except for the fact that I... I uh, contracted COVID-19 while I was there, and I spent a good deal of time in bed, nursing myself back to health. Didn't hit me that hard. It really didn't. Um, I've had it two times. The first time was the worst time, and even that wasn't too bad. It, it was like, uh, it was like, a well... I would say maybe a day and a half 
where I felt really crummy, really, really crummy. One rough night where I had, uh, you know, a bit of trouble with, um, with a fever and chills and a little bit of cough. Not too much. Not too much. Never had, for it being the respiratory thing, you know, I never had too much trouble with the coughs. It was the aches and the jitters and the shudders and the tingling spine and all that kind of horse shit and just feeling weak and out of it. Uh, but I really only felt that way for about a day and a half the first time. And it was even shorter where I felt really bad the last time I had it when I was in Alaska. And, uh, you know, again, it just felt down in the dumps. That was the worst of it. Feeling crummy. But it was like having a, a bad kind of head cold the second time. That's how I would put it. What did I do to get myself back to health? I, uh, I rested. And then I got out in that nice Alaska sunlight. I kept my distance. Don't worry. I wasn't being a prick. I didn't go spreading it around the Alaskan town that I visited. I wasn't doing that. Uh, I was not going out and, and um, being frivolous and inconsiderate. When I went outdoors, I was well away from other people. Just, again, getting some fresh vitamin D taking in the crisp mountain air, and so on and so forth. And I, I got through it. No problem. Anyhow, why did I start talking about that? Why did I bring up Alaska and COVID-19? Why? Now I can't remember why. Modelo. I was talking about Modelo. I opened it up. I was, uh, uh, Modelo talking about, talking about going to Alaska and, uh, and stuff like that. Why did I, what the fuck? Why have I completely lost my train of thought? <clears throat> Where did it go? I hear it whistling in the distance. The train of thought that I was riding is now whistling off in the distance and I'm trying my best mentally to run and catch up to it. Like a beggar with a pack slung over my back. You know, those ones with a stick and you tie a little, you, you take like a, what do they always do? You, I would imagine it's one of those little, it almost looks like a large handkerchief. If you had a, the red handkerchief with the white shit on it with the white designs the it looks like if you took one of those but you you blew it up to the size of a picnic blanket that's what that's what the hobos always have it's like a blanket size handkerchief that they threw down the ground they they put all their stuff in the middle and then they fold the handkerchief blanket up so you're holding it up kind of like a big satchel and you tie the top of it. Somehow you tie it around a stick. You sling that over your shoulder 
and you carry that and you're running down the tracks and the train's whistling. Choo-choo. Chugga-chugga-chugga. And you're running, you're running, you're running. And that's what I'm doing right now in my mind, trying to chase down this train that is my train of thought that I was riding upon as I began to tell you about uh, Modelo Especial, 1925 Cerveza. And I was going to uh, inform you about um, this beer in this segment of this program called Beer Me, where I beer myself now because I'm, I'm by my lonesome. And I was going to begin explaining to you my experience when I took a sip of this Modelo that I have in my hand here. I was going to tell you all about it. I started saying things like, oh, yes, well, if you're of drinking age, then you've perhaps had this before. But if you have not, if you've not had it before, then I can uh, I can fill you in and perhaps I can pique your interest. And maybe, maybe you'll look forward to the day when you turn of age and you can go and have a Modelo Especial. And I was talking about things like that. And then somehow I brought up Alaska and I cannot now recall why. I don't know why I started talking about Alaska. I don't know how I got there. I, I am completely lost at the moment. I'm still running after the train. I'm still trying to track it down. I'm still doing my best to catch up I see the old hobo who was sitting there with me we were singing songs back and forth like Pee Wee Herman does with the hobo in Pee Wee's Big Adventure singing songs like Old Susanna and Jimmy Cracked Corn and I don't care you care enough to sing a song about it you know that's perhaps a logical inconsistency, a bit of hi- hypocriticism in that song. The entire nature of it. Jimmy cracked corn, and I don't care, but here you are. You care enough to write and perform a song all about it. If you really didn't care that Jimmy cracked corn, then I... I surmise that you wouldn't have started singing about it in the first place. You certainly wouldn't have gone out of your way to write an entire song if you didn't care about Jimmy cracking corn. But I digress. Still chasing this train down. Still trying to remember why Alaska came up in the course of this conversation, in the course of this monologue. Why is it that I felt the need to hearken back to when I got COVID-19 in Alaska and then uh, proceed to tell you about my experience with, with COVID? Why did that happen? I'm bothered by this. And I feel like I can't go back to the Beer Me segment 
until I figure out why I brought COVID-19 up and why I brought up Alaska. Why did I do that? Something about something about Alaska where I visited last year and now I don't know. And now I don't know why I told you that. Maybe I'll never know until I listen to this back and I'll hear it and I'll be like, oh my gosh. What a what a buffoon and a boob. Well, okay. On with beer me. I, I can't it's gone now. Now I don't even see the train, I don't hear it anymore. It is it's gone. Here is Modelo Especial Golden Full Flavored Pilsner Style Lager with a clean, crisp finish. I will take a sip just now and then I'll explain to you my experience with this beer. Here we go. Now a regular sip without sloshing. Modelo Especial. Just like they say on the bottle. Is golden. If you can't see it. I mean even if you're watching the video version of this podcast. It's in black and white. So you can't see the color gold. You can get an idea of it. Even in black and white. It is a very shiny bottle. And uh, with, with shiny adornments. It has like a gold leaf. If you put the cap back on, let me say it this way. If you put the cap back on, there is like a gold leaf overlay that covers the cap. And I would say um, the majority of the neck of this bottle. And it's a unique shaped bottle, by the by. There's no other beer bottle quite like it. When it comes to your standard issue beers, um, it's it's unique the way that the Coors original or the Coors Banquet uh, bottle is unique. The way that one is kind of the the stubby short bottle still holds the same amount of beer as a normal glass bottle of beer does, but it's it's short and stubby and it doesn't have like a long neck on it. Talking about the Coors Banquet bottle, this Modelo bottle is not quite a stubby, but it's not a long neck either. And it has this this interesting contour between the neck and the, what would you call this? The, the barrel, the gut, the tummy, whatever you want to call this, the body, the neck and the body. And in betwixt the neck and the body, there's a, there's a taper. It, it uh, I don't know what you want to call this. There's like a groove. It, it almost looks like you've got the barrel or the body of the beer bottle. And then that tapers up. And then someone puts a, a butt plug on top of it. 
There's like a, it's, it's kind of like a butt plug shape. That's what it does. That's what it reminds me of. <clears throat> I don't, uh, I don't own any butt plugs. I've seen them, but, um, I'm just telling you for a reference. I feel like everyone knows what a butt plug looks like, right? You don't have to own a butt plug to know the shape of one. That's why it's funny when you uh, see there's a meme going around a while back where there's a artistic Christmas tree that some local township had constructed in their town square and they wanted to make it artistic and artsy and modern so that it was a very simplified green Christmas tree. At least that's what they were going for. However, it ended up looking like a giant 20 foot tall green butt plug in the center of town. And it became quite a tourist attraction and uh, photos shared all over the internet, so on and so forth, because the shape of a butt plug is so recognizable. And that's why I referenced it when describing this bottle of Modelo Especial. And I'm not making fun of the bottle because I actually think the bottle it looks nice. It's, it, it doesn't ruin the bottle. The bottle still looks high class. It looks fancy. Like I said, it's got this gold leaf kind of uh, covering on the majority of the neck and a nice, what is that? Uh, what is the Modelo symbol? What's the mascot? Some lion, or are they lions? Yeah. It's like a lion set behind, a lion in red set behind a keg of beer. And you've got that on the neck inside a circle. You see? I mean, you could see if you were watching, but if you can't see it, then just imagine that. Imagine on the gold leaf, there's a, there's a, a band going around it. And on that white band, you've got the logo of the Modelo Especial company, which is a red lion standing behind a barrel of beer. And then on the bottle itself, on the body, you've got the Modelo Especial uh, label. It is in a sort of navy blue uh, with uh, gold relief around it. And the Modelo Lions are holding the Modelo name up in the air. Like they're championing it. And they're standing upon a gold ribbon that says 1925. That's what they're standing upon. And the explanation here, the description of Modelo Especial, golden, check, it is golden, full-flavored, 
Pilsner-style lager. Again, guilty as charged. It is indeed a full-flavored Pilsner-style lager with a clean, crisp finish. 100%, they do not lie to you. They are not promising anything that's not there. It is much more flavorful than your run-of-the-mill golden lagers of the United States kind. Most of the mainstreamers, if you will. Your Miller Lights, your Bud Lights, your fucking Yinglings, even Yinglings, your Coors Light. Now, I will say that I prefer, when it comes to those types of beers, I prefer Coors Banquet. I always have since the first time I tasted it. It is probably my favorite golden-style, Pilsner-style lager the old-fashioned Coors Banquet. But Modelo Especial is a fantastic beer of its kind. And it gets my full stamp of approval. And I love it. So. Beer me. There you go. Back from the dead. And I hope you've enjoyed this time with our look at Modelo Especial. Why have I decided to bring back the Super Divorce Supercast? Well, it is part of my effort, my journey, my mission, my campaign to reclaim my crown as the emperor of uploads here on YouTube as I I, uh, fancied myself for a bit, especially last year. When I was, I didn't quite hit one video a day, every single day on the gameplay front, but I got, I got pretty close. I was keeping pace on that for a good stretch of time, sometimes more than one video of a full game every single day, doing really well for a while there. And I said, you know what? I'm the emperor of uploads around here. I'm going to start referring to myself that way. I believed it. I lived it. I became it. Everyone had not caught on. And I will say, and I'll admit right now, I did not keep up with that. And I lost my crown. But I am here to reclaim it. I'm acting as if I already have grabbed it back. I'm holding it in my hand. And I will put it upon my head again whenever I see fit. The crown is here. I have it. It is with me. And soon I will be wearing it once more. Maybe by the end of this video. But we're going to have daily gameplay videos with the camera. With my face on the screen. I ran a poll several days ago, and I I asked the viewers here, I asked the subscribers on YouTube anyway, I said, do you guys prefer gameplay videos with or without the camera? With or without the reaction cam? And people said, the few of them who voted, I'm not saying we had millions of votes here, but those who did, they, they mostly voted for me to do 
facial cam reaction cam gameplay videos and i said okay you guys are the boss i'll listen up i'll give you what you want you want my mug up there somewhere on the screen while i'm playing games fine i'll put it up i'll put this nice pretty border around my face just like it got right here this is the same border you're going to see in my gameplay videos moving forward for the time being at least it might change in the future but for right now this is what we're going with (sighs) daily vids with cam those will be uploaded daily it might not i'm sorry it might not always be a full game every single day because I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. I want to talk about this later in the uh, the episode. For instance, though, I'm considering playing the new System Shock 2, the remake that's coming out tomorrow. When I'm recording this, it'll be out tomorrow. And that's not one, even if I played it straight through, and didn't stop for like 24 hours. That's what they're estimating the time is going to be to complete that game. About 20, 24 hours. Uh, even if I played it straight through, YouTube would not let me upload a 24-hour video. I think the max, last time I checked, was like 12 hours. And uh, then they cut you off. So I think that's how it is. They might have changed that. Anyway, I can't record for 12 hours. I can't do that. I've got uh, family to take care of. I have other obligations in life that I have to make sure I'm around for. So that's just not in the cards for me. That's not how I YouTube. That's not how I do content, guys. I can't do 24-hour marathons. Maybe in the future when we have millions of subscribers and I say, hey, guys, you want to do a charity stream? And I'll get on here for 48 hours straight. Maybe we can do something like that sometime. But for the time being, as I'm building and growing, it's not going to be that I'm growing the channel based on my my constant 24-hour live streams or my constant 24-hour uploads. I can't do that. Also, let me tell you something. YouTube does a really shit job getting the uploads processed in a timely manner. And that's horseshit. Absolute horseshit. And they've got no answer for me on it. I've gotten in touch with their top secret fucking, what do you call them, tech support people. And it's supposed to be one of the great perks when you get your channel monetized. Now you get access to these uh, mythical YouTube tech support agents. We'll chat with you live at the drop of a hat, right? Problem is they can't do shit for you. These people know nothing. I bet anyone watching or listening to this program would step in and do a better job than any of the YouTube tech support people that I've had to talk to when I've had the displeasure of doing so over the course of time that I've had this channel monetized. It is a shit show. It always leaves me more pissed off than when I started, so I don't even with it anymore awful abysmal absolutely and they constantly apologize in the most condescending 
tone deaf way that they can. I mean, it's, it's, they just lay it on so thick and it just, it, it, ah. you know, they don't give a shit, but they say things like, oh, I'm so deeply sorry that this is happening to you right now. I can't imagine how it must feel. And they go on like that over and over and over again. Like every time you say something, it's another sentiment like that, another fake sentiment. Oh, well, I'm so sorry, so, so sorry to hear that. I can't imagine how hard this must be for you right now in your life. Just stop. I told the person one time, I said, can you please stop saying that? I typed this out. I did. I said, can you please stop saying that? Can you please stop apologizing to me? They didn't get it. (laughs) Anyway, back in uh, tech support and YouTube and all the things like that, right? Um, Jeez, too many tangents. (sighs) Taking too many detours here. Another little sip of the Modelo Especial. Just as good as ever. Just as good as it was when I reviewed it. Okay. Anyhow, um, where was I? I was talking about System Shock 2 and how I would like to play that on this channel. But if I choose that game and I decide to do that, then I'm going to have to chunk it up. I'll have to do maybe, I'll be lucky to do two hours at a time. And what I'll probably do if I end up making that choice is maybe I'll do, you know, a two-hour system shock video once a day as well as a shorter, probably indie horror game thrown in there. To just add a little variety and a little spice. Because I don't want to do nothing but System Shock 2 for like 10 days in a row. I think that'll get boring for people. I've even seen this with some of the larger channels. You look at Markiplier when he was doing Dead Space. And he had to do however many videos, like 7 or 8. It's like the first few videos, they do great. They're whatever... 1.5, 1.5, 2 million views, however many. And then as he gets near the end of the game, the views start dropping dramatically. It's like people want to see that initial reaction. They want to see you play through, you know, like the be- beginning of the game, but not everyone gets hooked. Not everyone comes back for all 7, 8, 9, 10 videos in a long, drawn-out game. So you got to keep those those less interested people coming back to your channel still you got to give them a reason to come back you don't want them to just fuck off until you get through your 10 system shock videos or whatever it is so that's where i'm saying okay well if i do system shock 2 then i'll continue to to throw in like a a smaller upload on top of that every day just for that little spice for people who don't want to follow along the entire system shock 2 journey There will still be other content coming out regularly from me that hopefully will satiate your thirst for new video game content here on the Super Divorce YouTube channel, if that's where you're watching. 
And if you're not, if you're listening only, then please get your ass on over to YouTube and sub to the channel so you can watch the gameplay videos, so you can leave me comments, so you can talk some shit, so you can request things, whatever. As I like to say, the comments section is your oyster when it comes to the Super Divorce YouTube channel. So crack it on open and slam it down your throat. Wash it down with a little cocktail sauce. Or maybe you wash it down with a nice cold Modelo Especial. Cerveza. Just like that. So we're going to have that going on. We're going to get back to Sega Mania Mania, of course. What is Sega Mania Mania? If you haven't been following along, Sega Mania Mania is a live, live streaming, internet-based program that I began doing some months back to celebrate the late, great Sega Mania magazine. I'm holding it up right now in front of the camera on the YouTube feed. Here's my floppy copy of Sega Mania magazine issue number three featuring the Sega CD or the Mega CD as it was called in the UK. Sega Mania magazine is a fantastic fan run, fan funded, yet highly professional video game magazine that ran from 2021 through 2022. And then it tragically had to go away after just seven short issues. Just seven. And then it was gone. It was taken away. Didn't know why for the longest time. I found out. And I think that would be fun to do maybe a, a, a retrospective look at Sega Mania. The inner workings of it sometime. Maybe I'll do that on a, a supercast in the future. We can't go into it all right now. But anyway, what I decided to do since the magazine went away. And I fell in love with it very quickly. Um was I said, you know what, I'm going to celebrate this magazine on the Super Divorce channel. And I'm going to celebrate it. Here's how I'm celebrating it. I'm going through every single review. I started with the very first review in the very first issue of Sega Mania magazine. I started with the first review, which was Strider on the uh, Mega Drive. I read the review live on camera. I even provide a graphic of the review from the magazine so you can see what the review looked like in the pages of Sega Mania ma uh, magazine. Um, I read the review to you, and then I play the game that was reviewed for at least 30 minutes. When I started out, I was doing an hour. Uh, it was a little much for some games. So I said, all right, I'm going to give each game at least 30 minutes of live stream time where I'll play live, I'll react to it, all that kind of shit. And then at the end, once I've put in the allotted 30 minutes, sometimes more if I feel like it. If I want to play more, if I want to try to beat the game, then I can go longer, but at least 30 minutes before I give you my final review. Compare my review to the Sega Mania review, and then I give the game a rating out of 1,000 possible super divorces. So for a perfect game, I would say this game gets 1,000 super divorces out of a possible 1,000 super divorces. And uh, that's what we do on Sega Mania. And I started again with the first review 
in issue number one. And then I did the second review from issue number one. And then the third and fourth and fifth and so on. I, I go in chronological order, in review order, all the way through issue one. Then we went all the way through issue two. Now we're on issue number three and working our way through that one. And we'll be uh, back live with more episodes of Sega Mania Mania very soon. I can't give you an exact date. I think what I'm thinking is I'm going to do, I can't do them every night. Uh, but I'm thinking maybe twice during the week with all the other videos that I have uh, sort of going on here that I have committed myself to doing. I'd like to do two Sega Mania Mania shows a week. And I'm thinking Tuesday nights and Thursday nights is what I'll probably end up uh, choosing. But stay tuned for an official announcement on that. But those are fun streams. That's a good time. If you like to shoot the shit, I'm always talking to the chat. I'm not one of those tubers or streamers who gets on here and just wants to talk to himself like I'm doing now. This is my time to talk to myself. This is my time to entertain myself, to shoot the shit with me. This is my me time. But it's you time. When it's review time, when it's Sega Mania Mania time, you you hop in, you talk about whatever you want to, and I'll I'll acknowledge you like you are the tribal chief. Because you are. When it comes down to it, why would I get on and live stream by myself? That's boring as shit. Might as well just do an upload. You live stream to connect with your peeps. And if you're one of my peeps, I want to connect. I want to talk. I want to shoot the shit. I want to have a good time. Got a good community, a little, little fun chatty Cathy's is what I call them, who populate the chat. Some regulars who show up night after night, stream after stream. We always have a good time. I, I invite you cordially, not just regular. I'm, this is not a regular invitation. I am inviting you cordially to stop by and hang out for Sega Mania Mania. Keep an eye out for it. And if you haven't heard of it, you haven't watched it yet, again, hop on over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash superdivorce, and there's a playlist for it. You can start at the very beginning if you want to. I, uh, I urge you to do that. I think you'll have a good time with it. And you also see how the show has grown over time. I've added in bells and whistles, and I'm not done. We will continue improving Sega Mania Mania will continue adding bells and whistles to it. It's a good time. You know, I'm not resting on my laurels here. I'm always thinking, what else can I do to make this channel more better and more fun? What else can I offer? One thing I can offer, offer is to uh, be more consistent. And I'm, I'm, I'm here today to tell you that I am going to make the utmost effort to be more consistent here on this channel and to not have another year gap in between episodes of the Super Divorce Supercast. On the weekends, we are going to get back to doing some Lego streams. Another time that is ideal if you're into 
hanging out, shooting the shit, chatting it up. Um, this is something that goes back to very early on in this channel's history. Uh, Lego streams. Just getting on a live stream, dumping out a box of Legos and building a set. We put together, I think the first big one we did was the Lego Voltron set. And then we did the Lego, or not Lego, sorry, uh, the Mega Constructs Castle Grayskull. And went a long time. We started that one when my family moved at, uh, lived at our old house. And then had to box it up because we were moving. And then much like this supercast shit we got going on here, there was like a like a year gap in between episodes of building the Mega Constructs Castle Grayskull. But we finally finished that. And then we moved on. Here in the new house, we've done... What all have we done? We, we did the Lego NES set, which was really cool. We did the Lego Atari set. We've started the Lego Seinfeld set. So, uh, yeah, we've had a good time doing Legos. And I do say Legos. I know that some people out there, some some people will uh, will step in. They'll say, tut, tut, tut. You know that Lego is the plural of Lego, right? Hmm? Are you not cultured? Do you not realize this? Let me inform you. Yes, I know. I know. And I don't want to sound like a douchebag. So I say Legos when I'm saying the plural. I say Legos. Okay. I get it. I understand. I get it. It's Don't be one of the people who comes in and, and corrects someone who says GIF. We all know, we've heard about the guy who created it, and it's, it's a gif, yeah, yeah, we know, and we're not saying it that way. Eh? How about that shit? So, Lego stream, be back soon. Haven't forgotten about it. I'm going to be clipping this show up. Another way to get more videos around here. I'm going to be clipping this podcast up on YouTube, taking segments and chopping them up for extra content. In case you don't want to listen to the whole damn show, you can just keep an eye out for different segments that pop up. I'll have the full show to listen to, but then if you're like, you know, I don't want to listen to the whole fucking episode 108, I'm just going to watch out for the clips and see what the different topics were. And maybe I'll want to listen to one of those and, and just tell the others to fuck off. And that's fine with me. Or you don't have to listen to any of them. You don't have to listen to podcasts at all if you don't want to. But at this point, I'd say, what What are you doing here? We're 46 minutes in. Seems like you want to listen to it. So, I don't know. Do what you want. It's yours. It's it, it, Listen and ingest the content around here at your leisure. I'm not dictating how you digest any of this. If all you want to do is come here and wait for the next what could it be now, which are my mysterious unboxings I do. I'm up to 111 episodes, I believe. That's a lot, that's a lot of episodes to keep going. I, I feel like most channels, if you looked across YouTube, I would wager that most channels do not have a series that has gone on for 111 episodes. 
even fewer probably have a series or sorry, multiple series that have done over 100 episodes a piece. Like what could it be now? And also the super divorce supercast here, but you get two of them right on this channel. Hardly anyone watches my mysterious unboxings though. So I know I understand it's not, it's not in high demand, but it's just something that I think is fun to do. And I've got an unboxing sitting on my desk that I'm excited to share with everyone. So please look forward to the next edition of what could it be now? That's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a cool one. There's a cool story behind it. I'll probably talk about it on here after I've uploaded the video, but I, I can't spoil it yet because part of the fun of what could it be now is you don't know what I'm going to unbox. And I understand that doing that, not putting what's unboxed in the title of the video or anything like that, not spoiling it, that's going to drastically reduce the number of eyes that come and watch it because I don't get to use that thing in the title. That means people searching for content related to that thing don't find my unboxing unless it's by chance. So it makes it a little exclusive. It's kind of a secret club, you might say. You want to join my secret club? Yeah. Does it have bacon? Does it have tomato? Does it have lettuce? Super Divorce Quarterly. Super Duper Divorce is what I meant to say. Did you watch the Super Duper Divorce videos? If you haven't, please do. Please do. Bender came back in and worked with me on both of those. We had a great time. I'd like to do more. They are throwback video game reviews. They remind me. I really took inspiration from the early days of YouTube gaming videos. I was watching a lot of John Tron and uh, old AVGN and Pat the NES Punk when I came up with the idea to do Super Duper Divorce. I said, no one's doing game reviews with like a, a kind of silly story woven in. You just don't see that much anymore. It's all, it's all like the gameplay videos. You just don't, you don't get a lot of that variation, that early kind of, I don't know, they're a little grizzled, a little rough around the edges. So I recorded the story segments of these super duper divorce videos with a camcorder. And then, of course, the gameplay is recorded on my PC, so that's still high quality. And the voiceovers for the review parts are done right here using this microphone, so that sounds good. But it does have a little bit of that throwback early YouTube charm to both of the super-duper divorce reviews that we have done, that we worked on together. And I'd like to do more. They just, they take a lot of time. And there's only so much time in a day you can only cram so much in. You can only do so much editing while also uploading other shit and working on live streams and all that stuff and, and having a family and being a, a pappy and being a, a, you know, a fucking husband and all the other stuff that comes along with it. You can only do so much. So that's why I was, I was thinking about super duper divorce. And I said, you know, I don't want to stop, but what would be a, what would be a, a realistic schedule for releasing super duper divorce videos? 
I did an Iron Lung review and also Night at the Gates of Hell, which might be my favorite video that I've done on YouTube. Uh, I was hoping it would get like millions of views and it didn't. It's got like 700, which I'll take. You know, just you work so hard on something and you, you think it's so cool and hip and fresh and then it just doesn't go anywhere. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. I had fun with it and I think it's I think it's worth watching. I think it's worth multiple views. I'd like to do more though, and we will. I think that Super Duper Divorce Quarterly, that would be a good goal to aim for to do one super duper divorce video uh, every season you get a new one. You can plan it out a little bit better and probably plan it around a bigger game. I think that would be a good strategy because I don't want to, I don't want to sound pretentious or, or highfalutin or uppity, but I don't, you don't want to waste a video like that on something that no one's going to be searching a game that no one's going to be searching for a game that no one is interested in something that came out 10 years ago that people have made hundreds or thousands of videos about. I'd like to find something a little under the radar, but something that a lot of people are going to be excited about like iron lung, like night at the gates of hell, sort of in that wheelhouse, not probably a triple a title. Again, the problem with doing a game like that is that everyone is playing it. Everyone's reviewing it. Everyone's uploading shit about it. So unless you catch that algorithm right off the bat, you get swept away. I mean, it's, it's a son of a bitch trying to ride the, uh, the wave of the algorithm. That's why I prefer to build up a cult following of ride or die supporters, friends and fans who want to come here and hang out and shoot the shit. Then I don't have to fucking rely on YouTube's shitty algorithm. Oh, I posted something else recently. It was kind of fun. I did a, a sort of ambiance video where I just set up the camera and recorded my nice Sony Trinitron flat CRTV, CRT TV. And I played all the way through cruising USA on the N64. And I posted that up and uh, also did a little clip of it on Twitter that kind of gained a little traction, sent some people over to the YouTube channel I'd like to do some stuff like that too, just for fun. No commentary. Cause the ambiance is, is kind of a, it's kind of neat. I'd like to build up a playlist of, of videos like that. So if you wanted to come here and just uh, relax a bit, just in the background, you want to hear some, some old school in 64 games or maybe some Evercade games. That would be a good place to, to do that. Just put on some games here and being played in the background. Look over and you can see on your screen the old CRT TV, a lava lamp sitting next to it. Just good vibes. It's good good times. I'd like to do some more stuff like that. But that's that's not really high priority. Kind of if I have the time or if people are requesting certain games, I like to see certain things, and I, I I'm all ears. I'll listen to you. 
What else? Oh, here's something. Guys, hear about this? Uh, this is back in the... Super Divorce and Supercast back in the news. Very much back in the news. Recently, I brought this up briefly earlier. I uploaded all of the missing episodes that I had not previously put on YouTube. And I spent like an entire day. I had to download the episodes from SoundCloud. And then I had to create videos of them, you know, with the Super Divorce Supercast background. Uh, I had to set the background and the music together and then render those out in Adobe Premiere and then upload each one. It was quite a process. It took a while. It was like a full day of work doing nothing but that. And I got all of them uploaded and I lost like, I think I lost like 15 or 20 subs that day. Uh, I guess because people got sick of getting notifications for Supercast episodes going up. And I was like, all right, whatever. Get the fuck out. If you can't handle it, see ya. Channel I like uploaded 20 videos in a day. I'd be like, hell yeah, cool. More shit to check out. It's not like I do it every day. I can't keep up a pace like that. But anyhow's, uh, I realized after the fact that there's a setting when you're uploading videos, you can turn off notifications. Maybe I should have done that. I admit I should have done that. I didn't know about it, though. I didn't realize I could do that. I would have. Because I can see how some people might just be like, oh, I don't, I'm sick of getting notifications from Super Divorce today. Why is he uploading so much shit? And I, I posted about it. I made a community post. I said, guys, I'm trying to put all these fucking podcast episodes up here to fill fill in the gaps. So we have all 106 episodes at that point. So we have them all up here. So I restart the, the podcast and people who want to can go back and listen to all of them. They can start at the beginning. Which I did with the Jocko podcast several years ago. I'm still not caught up. I'm nowhere near to being caught up. Because a lot of those podcasts are like three or four hours long. Um, And then I stopped myself before episode 100. I'm sitting at episode 99 of the Jocko podcast. I can finally move on to 100 because he reviews the book Musashi on episode 100 of his podcast. And it's like spoiler filled. All of his book reviews that he does episodes on he goes into the the fine details of the plot and talks about them and dissects them and it's it's all very interesting but i knew that if i didn't read musashi by the time i listened to episode 100 i was going to get the whole thing spoiled and i didn't want to skip episodes because i had gone in chronological order from the very beginning and i wasn't going to bitch out and be like well i can't read that book it's too big no he gave me a heads up so i started reading it it just took a long while to get through it is a gargantuan book but one that i highly highly recommend everyone out there go and and pick up and read uh the nice thing about it even though it's like 1000 almost a thousand pages is that it's not set up in like traditional chapters it's in like segments like these these little segments that are they've got each segment has its own little title to prepare you for the the sort of snippet of story that's coming up 
And that'll be maybe, I would say a lot of them are between, I don't know, four to four to eight or so pages. So you can read just these little chunks and it's like a little self-contained segment. And then you could be like, all right, well, I got time for one more tonight. Or you could stop at just one. And you do that, you do that every single day, you're going to get through it. And it's not going to feel like a chore either. In fact, I just finished it last night. And it was a bittersweet moment. Because I've been doing that. It's been part of my nightly routine for so long. And I've been following these characters' stories for so long now that it's like, well, I don't have Musashi to read now. I feel like just starting over again. It seems like it could be part of my daily routine just like for the rest of my life. As I read other books, of course, because I like finding new stories and all that kind of shit. But I, I don't want to leave those characters behind. I'd like them. I'd like to keep revisiting them over and over again. It's that kind of story. And it's a story that... Yeah, you don't want to spoil the... I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. But once you get there, like I said, you probably just want to go right back to the beginning again. Because there's so many things that you will have forgotten about and so many characters that you just want to see their their evolution all over again. Ah, fantastic. Fucking read it. Get Musashi. Do it. Oh, boy. Let me take a sip. This past week, I played The Hunt. I played Abandoned Void. And I played Last Stop. Two of those games, The Hunt and Last Stop, I found on itch.io. And Abandoned Void, I found on Steam. The Hunt and Last Stop, both relatively short games. Much, well, you could say Abandoned Void's relatively short too, but I had to play it longer because I was trying to uh, get all 12 endings, if you can believe that. Some of these indie horror games, they go way over the top with the number of endings. I don't know if they think the more endings they, they have available, the more it's going to make people want to play. Sometimes that is like off-putting. I saw that this game had 12 endings, and it was like so many that it made me morbidly curious. I also saw that it had like not safe for work elements, and those games are always uh, sort of unintentionally funny too. I wondered what, what sort of... Uh, silly scenarios we'd be looking at with all these different endings quickly found out that by endings they just mean you get a different pornographic picture with every different way that you can beat the game and what do i mean by that uh there's a monster let me just tell you a little about um, abandoned void you come to in I think it's an old hospital or like mental asylum, something like that. You come to, you play as a, uh, an attractive lady, nice, uh, nice butt, nice pair of tits. And you're running around this facility. You've got to find six pages 
That's what your task is in abandoned void. You don't really know what the, they're like pages in a, a sort of mystical demonic fucking low rent sort of Necronomicon type book. That's all you really know. There are six missing pages. You got to find the pages to magically open the exit door of this facility. So you go around room to room, room to room, room to damn room. I played for like 20 minutes and couldn't find a single page anywhere. Come to find out, you will not find a single page until you make it up to the bathroom on the second floor. And there are, let me think, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, I think, I think eight. I think I'm counting correctly. I think there are like eight rooms in this facility with all this shit you're trying to look through when you first start the game because you don't know what the pages look like. You don't know if they're going to be uh, sort of, uh, you know, a lot of times they'll throw you a bone in games like that. They'll put some sort of glow effect around a page you're supposed to find or around the items that you're supposed to pick up. They're like quest items. Sometimes they do that, and then also sometimes they don't. So you're, you're keeping an eye out for possible glowing items, or maybe they didn't glow anything up at all maybe you're just looking for a page so you're in this old facility you enter a room what are you going to do you're looking for a page where could they have hidden the pages i don't know could they maybe put a page underneath a table maybe they would do that but i don't see one well maybe they put a page up on this desk i actually see some pages scattered around on this desk let me look there and you do and none of those pages can be interacted with. Those are bad pages. They're not the ones you need. How about on the bookshelf? Maybe you have to take a book out and flip through it, and then you'll find a page. Well, you can't interact with anything. Maybe I can interact with this uh, this chest of drawers over here. No. So you're walking around, you're doing the thing, you're pressing like the interact button everywhere just to try to fucking find something. And you've been in the first room for several minutes. You don't see shit. And you move on, you do that to room number two. And I, I'm laying all this out for you because when I said there are eight rooms to look through before you get to the bathroom upstairs, you might be like, well, that's not, not many rooms. It's not like you had to look through a hundred. I understand that. I get that. The problem is when you are not instructed on where to even find the first page and you're just trying to not only find the page, or pages, you're just trying to find the first one. We'll stick with that. When you're trying to find the first page and you don't know what it looks like compared to other pages that you see in the various rooms you're visiting, that becomes, that becomes a chore. Then you start having doubts. Well, fuck, I didn't see a single page in that room. Was one of those pages I saw that I didn't think I could interact with back there actually one of the pages I should find? And then you have to go back and you're trying to press E again. You're trying to interact with shit that can't be interacted with because you think there's no way that I'm 10 minutes into this game. I've looked through several rooms. There's nothing that I can interact with. No doors I can open. 
I, I can't be this far into it without having discovered the first clue. And that drags on and on and on until you finally go upstairs to the bathroom, to the pentagram bathroom. It's a bathroom. There's a bloody pentagram on the floor and there's one stall and you walk up to it and you have to, you knock on it and then someone knocks back. And you're like, oh, that's weird. You walk out of the bathroom and you hear the stall door creak open. You go back in and, oh, there's the first page. It's hanging up on the wall behind the shitter. That's where page number one is. After you look around for 20 minutes all over this fucking facility, there it is, hanging up behind the toilet. And then your your adventure in uh, escaping this sex-crazed, monstrous version of Larry David. He's got... He's bald on top and he's got the poofy gray hair on the sides, real tall and lanky, nasty set of teeth. He's sauntering through the hallways of this facility. You got to avoid him while looking for the other five pages that can appear anywhere. Figure that out. It's one of those fucking ones where, oh, you found the page in the office on top of the file cabinet this time and then you die and when you respawn it's in a completely different spot and that's how it works i experienced pages that i picked up spawning right back in the place that i picked up the previous page from let's say i walked into a room and i picked a page up off a desk you go and leave start searching other rooms because I didn't think, oh, maybe it's going to appear right in the same spot as the one that I just picked up. That never crossed my mind initially because I've never seen that in any video game before. That can happen in Abandoned Void. Keep in mind, if you play yourself, that you might pick up a page that you found and then the next one could appear right in that same spot. So don't leave too quickly. Once you pick up a page... Stay there and keep an eye on that spot because it might just respawn right there again. That can happen. And that's horse shit, in my opinion. Though, I prefer it. Once you know it, it can happen, uh, it makes your job easier. You don't have to go hunting all over the damn uh, two floors for it, for the next one, for all six of them, or all nine of them if you play on the hard difficulty. Anyhow... This fucking sex-crazed monster, if he catches up to you, that's a bad ending. The bad ending is um, a pornographic still shot of the monster holding the main character up in the sky with his fully erect monster member um, engaged let's say it's not good it certainly lives up to the name bad ending and I saw two of the bad endings because there's a, a good and a bad ending for each costume that the main character wears throughout the game six costumes that you can unlock total. Uh, 
and uh, you know, I unlocked one. You get you get the ninja costume for the main character for the lady if you beat the game on any difficulty. I managed to get through it on normal, and uh, then the other costumes had various prerequisites to unlocking them that there were just too much horse shit to deal with. I said, I'm not fucking with this. We're not doing it. And the good ending where you actually complete it, where you find all the pages and you escape. Uh, for those of you who are curious what the good ending has, you're picked up by a kindly old man and the pornographic still shot features the main character, Nicole, who you play as, uh, having herself a time with this old man on the side of the road. So it's like she was so overjoyed. She was so happy to uh, be out of that facility to find freedom that she went ahead and repaid this kindly old grandfather with a little bit of... uh, uh, extra special thank you. That's the good ending. At least that's one of them. I don't know what happens in all the other ones. If you do, if you picked up Abandoned Void for about $3 on Steam and decided to subject yourself to all the horse shit that the game has to offer just to unlock various costumes and pornographic stills, then by all means, stop back by and let me know how all the other endings looked in the uh, in the comments below. As for the hunt on itch.io, I played the hunt. Uh, what are we doing that one? You go on a, a hunting trip with your buddy. He disappears. And when you go to find him... You find his arm torn off and there's like an evil entity in the woods. You have to appease it. You got to get rid of it. You got to find an effigy that someone has made of this evil entity and you got to burn it with a book of matches and you get the good ending if you don't shoot the deer. There's one deer in in this uh, woodland setting. If you don't shoot the deer and you burn the effigy, then you get the good ending. Otherwise, you get the bad one. That's the hunt. Lo-fi. Not not entirely memorable. I think it was the guy's first game that he ever made. So it was, it was a decent enough effort, you know. I didn't hate it. It was quick to get through. No big hurdles. A pretty quick play. Fairly intuitive. And then I also played The Last Stop tonight. Uploaded that one earlier this evening. And uh, that was kind of a bullshit game. You're driving down the road. You start off on the wrong side of the road, first of all. You say your car's out of gas or almost. You need to stop in at this gas station. There's an abandoned gas station. Got all these old gas pumps there. You get out of your car. Go snooping around the place. You find... uh, a back door to the gas station because the front's locked up. There's a bloody note on the front door and it says, hey, we're closed for safety reasons. It's not safe here. Get the fuck out. Hit the road. You don't want to be here. Of course, you continue to snoop around, find the back door to the gas station and knock on it. 
someone knocks back at you, reminiscent of the bathroom stall and abandoned void. Might have been the same guy knocking back. I don't know. It could have been Dave Bautista is what I said. A knock at the gas station door directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Anyhow's, you go and find yourself a jerry can. You fill it up. You get your car on the road again. You're driving down the road. And then some guy just runs at you, screaming and wailing. And then you get some blue and red and shit bars up on the screen and that's that and that's that seems to be the only ending you can get i tried getting out of the car and running down the road and uh same sort of shit i i went outside the bounds of the road and walked through the woods walked right out of the uh damn map until it was all pitch black and i couldn't even tell where i was going anymore just had to turn off at that point said well i guess we've exhausted this game if you want to watch any of those then the playthroughs are here on the channel go and check them out but that's what i've been up to uh what else in gaming started redfall several weeks back i played that one for just one session. I haven't even sat down with it since the first time I picked it up. Got that on the Xbox Game Pass. A lot of people really lambasting that one, laying into it, ripping it to pieces. Pieces and shreds, tearing it apart, the red fall. To me, not as bad as people were saying. I mean, it kind of sucks. But... I also think it's kind of fun. I said in another video, I put it this way. If you are a fan of kind of shitty, slightly clunky first-person horror games from like the original Xbox era, such as Land of the Dead, Road to Fiddler's Green, then I think Redfall might be right up your alley. It might be just the ticket for you because that's how I felt. I was like, this game... It's hot. It's hard to put it into words. It reminds me of a, a kind of shitty horror game, like slightly unpolished as far as controls go and AI. It felt like a game from that time with updated graphics that, while being updated, don't look quite as good as a lot of the AAA games coming out now do. Like... Maybe it looks uh, more more on par with uh, an early PS4 game, which is still obviously a lot better than an original Xbox game. If you're talking about graphical fidelity, not just your your preference. Some people would say, well, I think Xbox games do look better than PS4 games. That's not what I'm saying. I understand some games, you might prefer that style, but as far as like the advance in graphics, that's what I'm referring to. They look more advanced. The graphics look more advanced in Redfall than a game you would find on the original Xbox. But Redfall plays like a somewhat clunky original Xbox game. That is what I'm saying about Redfall. And I kind of like it. Tears of the Kingdom. 
Started that one up. Played it for a few sessions. Haven't gotten too far into it. I personally think that the charge that it's nothing but a Breath of the Wild DLC is pure horse shit. I do not agree with people who are saying that. I think those people are looking for something to bitch about. I think they're being poopy to the creators of this fine, fine game. Clearly, a lot of love and care has gone into Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game. I do not agree that it is a DLC for Breath of the Wild. There's so much more there than you would find in a DLC. It's a true sequel. Just because it's set in the same world and the characters look the same and and you see enemies from the previous game, just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's a rip-off. Doesn't mean the, the players are getting ripped off by having to pay for it. It's a completely new experience with an entire new set of gameplay mechanics, an entire new aspect of the game that wasn't there in its predecessor with the building, with the building and the constructing and the, the oozing together, putting the goo on the shit and building stuff, whatever you can think of, anything you can conjure up in your mind, you can conjure up in the game just about. I saw someone build a big, like a big wicker man with a, with like a, it's like a cannon penis. And he was like shooting enemies with it. It was incredible. It's like, you couldn't do that in Breath of the Wild? You kidding me? So, no. It's a, it's a brand new experience. It's well worth the asking price, in my opinion. Don't be a hater. Give it a shot, please. For real. If you, if you liked Breath of the Wild and you've been put off by these naysayers, because people are like, oh, Nintendo's gouging it for 70 bucks. It should have been a $20 DLC pack. Now that people are fucking nuts. Crazy, man. Play it. It's worth it. All those Nintendo first-party titles are still worth it. They don't miss on those things, in my humble opinion. So, like I said, give it a shot, please. Oh, boy. Is there anything else I got to tell you guys before I head out here? Oh, here's something. Uh, Packard Bell back in the notes. I went to Micro Center last week, and I bought stuff to get my old PC up and running again. Not old, old. My previous personal computer. Uh, It's been sitting for, I guess, uh, a bit over a year now. Been sitting. It's been retired. And, you know, I I, uh, recently, sort of shifting gears here, I recently got my Packard Bell Windows 95 computer set up again. Actually, one that I purchased for my wife for Christmas so that she could play a haunted house game that she used to play as a kid. I I picked that up for her on eBay. I think it's just called Haunted House. Uh, Not the old Atari one. It's something else. It's like something's haunted house. 
can't remember the name that like precedes haunted house but anyway um it's like a windows 95 game it's a dos game and i was like i'm gonna find that game for her and i'm gonna buy her a windows 95 computer i'm gonna get it all set up for her and it'll be fun and we can get old school pc games and and that'll be a good thing to do and then uh we ended up moving and that windows 95 computer just was put away we didn't have a good spot for it we finally got a good spot for it we got an old school 90s big ass computer desk with the compartments for the games and a place for your printer and we got that all set up in our uh our cool new computer room for the uh, old windows 95 computer got that set up and we haven't done any gaming sessions there yet but i said to myself you know what we need we need games we've got a few however big box pc games are pretty pricey to pick up on ebay so i can't do every single pc game in big box version it's like i'm gonna need to burn some games onto disc this is where the micro center story comes back in i don't have a cd drive on my newest pc think of it the most advanced pc in the house have to hook up an old computer to be able to burn cds because i don't have a disk drive on this one so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get a bunch of uh sweet dos games i'm gonna burn some cds but however before i do that i need to run to micro center i need to buy some cables and shit to get my old pc up and running so that i can make that happen that's what i did took that trip out to uh micro center and now that's uh that's waiting for me i haven't done it yet but it's on the docket that's the next project that i've got lined up here burn a few discs of some nice old dos games and then we can do some old school packard bell windows 95 gaming sessions right up there and that might be fun to go live with sometime set the camera up do some potato vision if you will Get the live chat going while playing some uh, some old PC games in the old school way. It'd be a good time. So please look forward to that. If you have any old PC game requests that you think would be good for such a thing, any games you'd like to see played on this channel, let me know. We'll throw those on there. It'd be a good time. I actually, you know what? I brought up System Shock 2 earlier this evening i have the original system shock on uh, on a floppy disk there was a really cool uh remake not remake but a, a sort of remastered big box edition that came out a few years ago that i picked up and i've never played it maybe that would be fun to do on the potato vision pc gaming the old Packard Bell. I think it could handle it. I'll have to check, but I have faith. You can see. Runs like a charm. Runs like an absolute charm. People who had it before me took really good care of it. It's the same exact uh, Windows 95 Packard Bell computer that I had when I was a kid. My first family computer. So I was, I was beyond thrilled to find it secondhand on Craigslist. 
uh, person gave me a really good deal for it. They had just had it in perfect condition and all the original documentation, all the original CDs for it, everything. Great. It's fantastic. Some of that Craigslist shit can be sketchy, but uh, that was a good transaction. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, that's about uh, an hour and a half worth of shit here, guys. And the first supercast back in over a year. And I gave you kind of the rundown, the lay of the land on all the content you can expect here coming soon. I'm going to try and get these out. We're going to shoot for once a week. So please look forward to episode 108 next week. I don't have an exact date for you yet. We'll get a regular date, a regular day in mind, day of the week. Uh, I was thinking Sundays might be good. This probably won't come out on a Sunday, but I think once we get things chugging along here, Sunday would be a good release day for the podcast. We'll see how it goes. We'll feel it out. We'll fall into a groove. We'll get it going. But that's that. That's it for this one. So if you haven't done so, please sub to the channel. If you're uh, watching or listening on YouTube, bong the gong for notifications so you know when new videos go live. Comment below if you got anything to say. Doesn't even have to be related to the podcast. Anything you want. Podcast is, uh, is here for you to listen to and the comment section is your your comment section uh, to comment in whatever you want to comment. It's your oyster. Crack it open. And again, slam it down your throat and wash it down with a nice Modelo Especial. <sighs> Follow me on Twitter, at SuperDivorce on Instagram, at SuperDivorceBand. And if you want to check out Super Divorce Tunes, I play music. You can find Super Divorce Music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. Wherever you stream your horse shit, you can find Super Divorce. So uh, pick a tune and give it a shot, please. And if you don't like the first one you pick, then try another one. And try, try again until you find one you like. I think there's a little something for everyone there in the Super Divorce catalog. So check them out. And... That's all I got, chefs. That's it. Till next time. Take real good care. Keep kicking ass. Love you lots. Lord willing, I'll be back very soon with another video or another podcast for you to watch or listen to. Uh, bye bye.